is I wanted to start a brand new series with you um, called Rooted. And this is going to be a great series whether you've been a Christian for 50 years or you are just a new Christian and you've only been knowing Christ or trying this Christian thing out for a couple of months, okay? Because the, the reason that this is going to be for everybody and everybody, no matter where you are on you know, the, your journey with Christ, that you'll get some out of this is because we all struggle with the same thing. And here's that struggle. How do I grow in my relationship with Jesus? Like, what can I do? And you know what? This is a great time for the graduates, too. Because it, and here's why. We're going to start this series right now and move through the summer. Because as you graduate and you go into college, college is a great time to deepen your roots in your faith. And the reason for that is because you got a lot of questions during college. you got a, you got a lot of new ideas. you got a lot of teaching that's coming to you. And it's at that point, I know it was for me, that I really wanted to dig in and try to find out why I believe what I believe. And so here's the deal. What we're going to do is I'm going to talk through those principles in life that we need to be rooted in. And if we root ourselves into these principles, I guarantee you what's going to happen is that it's going to strengthen your faith. Okay, so as I was putting together this series and I was thinking about this and thinking about uh, Zach Brown Band, Roots Song, and all that kind of stuff, I, I thought it was very interesting how Jesus gave so many parables, so many stories about agriculture, okay? Because maybe he knew that this would be an analogy that would hold up for all of time, right? How, how many of you, let's just see, see by raise of hands, how many of you like to garden? Let's see, do you like to garden? Okay. How many of you would say you've got a green thumb and you're really good at it? Things grow in your presence. Yes, Caroline, I see it right here. Yes, Master Gardener. Yeah, how many of y'all like me and you kill everything you plant? Let me see. Oh, wow, that's most of us. Do you know it's kind of funny when Shannon and I are planting something new, we just apologize to the plant. We're like, I'm so sorry. I'm, we're walking past it for weeks, and we're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just not our thing. But even though farming has changed a little bit, maybe gardening has, that there are the foundational parts are still the same, right? Whether, whether it comes to tilling the soil or planting the seeds or fertilizing and watering, all those kind of things, nothing much has changed, which is why I believe Jesus gave these examples, Right? He knew that this would be something that we would talk, it would still be relevant today. So there was one time that Jesus gave a parable. And a parable is a story that teaches us a lesson. And I'm sure you're familiar with this story. If you've grown up in church at all, you've probably heard this story before. It comes from Matthew chapter 13. And this is where we're going to, I'm just going to give you a basic intro to the series that we're going into. So let's start here in Matthew 13. And Jesus tells this story. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seeds, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. So the first type of soil was really hard, okay? Um, it was too hard for the seed to really break through. It was a beaten down path, probably some of that Georgia red clay that's just been packed down, right? And because of that, the seed couldn't penetrate it, and the birds would come and just take it away. Let's keep reading, verse 5. And some of the seed fell on rocky places where it didn't have a whole lot of soil. So it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered away because they had no root. Now, the second type of soil that Jesus talks about here, maybe it looked good from the outside, but when you got up close to it, you'd realize not a whole lot of depth there, not a whole lot to work with. It's very shallow. So when the seeds started to dig in some roots, the roots didn't get very far, right? And so it sprang up. But when the sun came out, and, and here's what Jesus was going for. 
when the hard times hit, because those roots weren't very deep, well, it withered away. It, it, it couldn't last. Let's keep going. Verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plant. So the third type of soil was in trouble. The seed grew, but unfortunately, this soil had a lot of different things growing around it. And some of y'all know what that's like. Some of y'all have been out in the garden. You've been weeding because you know what happens when those weeds and everything else grow around it. It chokes the sunlight right out of that other plant. And so that plant dies. Which brings us to the last soil type in verse 8. Jesus says this, still other seed fell on good soil, and this produced a great crop, 160, 30 times what was sown. So he who has ears, let him hear. So Jesus, he gets us to this point, and he's like, this is what I want for your spiritual condition. Okay, the seed is God's word. The seed are those principles of faith, and the soil represents our hearts. So this last type of soil, this is what we're after at the ridge. We want good, fertile soil that's producing visible, life-changing results in a healthy, spiritual life. That's what we want for you here at this church. And graduates, that's what we want for you when you go off, right? We want you to continue to have that heart that's just fertile ground, that you get plugged into a ministry, you know, and, and you use that time to deepen your faith. So let's talk about, or we're going to talk about being spiritually rooted. And let's talk about why it's, okay, let's talk about why it's important for a minute. Like, why do I need deeper roots? You might be saying, you know, preacher, I'm doing pretty good. I'm living my life well. Things are going right along. I keep chugging right along. Everything is looking pretty good. Or maybe you're graduating and you're looking forward to this next phase of life. And you're like, why do I really need to worry about this right now? Let, let me give you two reasons. Two, there's many reasons. But let me just give you two off the top. One is complacency. It's just complacent. We love to take it easy. And let me tell you this. We love our routines, don't we? How many of y'all would say you're a good routine kind of person? You got a routine you do every morning? Yep, yep, yep. Think about it when it comes to Sunday mornings. Think about it when it comes to Sunday mornings. You come here, you got your coffee, and you fix it just like you like it, you know? You grab a golden donut, or you grab, or you look for that Panera item that you like so much, and then you come in here, and guess what? You sit in the same places, Okay, I know exactly where everybody is on Sunday mornings. I know the Mabrys are going to be over here in the back. I know the Adams are going to be over here. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, he's calling out names. And y'all are like, slams them down. It's like, oh, my goodness, right? But I know, I know it because I like routines too. I love it, man. We, we get into these routines sometimes. Now, let, let's talk about this, not just on you know, what we do on a Sunday morning routine or a normal every day of the week routine. Let's talk about this when it comes to our spiritual life. Let's talk about this when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. If we can take this just a little step further, some of us, if we can be honest, let's do a quick heart evaluation. Let's look at the soil type that we have and ask ourselves, have I been complacent in my relationship with Jesus? Am I looking for ways to grow or am I just going through the routine? Because you know what? Jesus really, Jesus really got onto a church one time in Revelation chapter 3. And he looks at this church and he goes, you know what? He goes, church, 
I wish you were either hot for me or cold for me. In other words, Jesus was like, I wish you were on fire for me and doing everything you can, or I almost rather wish that you were against me. And he looks at this church and he's like, but because you're lukewarm, because you're complacent in your relationship with me, Jesus is like, I I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And maybe some of us, if we could just evaluate our hearts for just a minute, it's very easy to get into these cycles in our everyday routine when it comes to our relationship with God. And we need, we need these moments to ask ourselves, how can I deepen my faith? How can I plant these roots? How can I not just go through the motions, but how can I take my relationship with Jesus to the next level? Because it's what God wants for us. Now, also, when it comes to that's the first reason, is because complacency and routines can, can take over very quickly. The second reason is because life isn't always rosy. Because life is difficult. Graduates, this next year, that first year of college... It's tough sometimes to get used to that college experience, to get used to being away from mom and dad, you know, and doing, doing all these things. I know you're looking forward to it, but there will be some difficult moments. And life is hard sometimes. I, I was thinking about this when we, um, a while back, Shannon um, planted these beautiful lilies. When the girls were little, we had this little spot outside, and she, she got outside, she did some gardening, and these things just sprang up, and they were so pretty. And they were so pretty until the day came for school where we had to take a flower to teacher day, you know. And we got to that last, and we're one of those parents that it, everything always sneaks up on us. And so we were the morning of, and we're like, oh, my goodness, we forgot to get flowers. We can't run to the store. It's too late. So we just chopped all the lilies in half. They had a beautiful set of flowers to take home, or to take to the school. But at home, these little plants we're now just devastated. But that's life. Like, that's what happens in life. Like, it, you know, at one point in life, things are going so well. We're, we're blooming. We're growing. Everything looks so great. And then the next moment, it feels just like we're wilting away. And we're like, what happened? We need deeper roots to get through those difficult times. So this is important. It's important, one, to fight against complacency because we need to keep moving forward. John Wesley said, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. We've got to move forward. And number two is because tough times will hit. And when they hit, you're going to want deep roots. You want to be firmly planted. So what I want to do over the next couple of weeks, I know, uh, for the next couple of weeks, what I want to do is I want to share some principles with you. And I want to give you some things to think about. I want to give you some areas of your life to, to, root it, to be rooted in and to dig even deeper. And today, let's just switch gears and let me give you the first principle, okay? The first root, here it is, is gratitude. It's thankfulness. Being rooted in gratitude. Let's talk about how this strengthens our, you know what? I usually only talk about being thankful and being grateful during Thanksgiving weekend. And I thought, you know what? We need to do this more than just once a year because it's that important. And let's start here. It's so easy to forget to say thank you, isn't it? I remember when I graduated high school, my mom made me write thank you letters. How many of y'all had to write thank you letters after graduation? Yes, 
And I had to write a ton of thank you letters because I got a ton of gifts. And some of the gifts were duplicates, which I were like, I can't, you know, I'm having to write thank you letters for things that I already, one of the duplicates, and I don't know if this is still a thing, money clips, money clips. Back in 1994, I guess that was a big thing. I probably got 10 different money clips with my initials on it, which just confused me. I was like, do people think I have a lot of money? I don't know. Like, I'm carrying around wads of cash in my front pockets. That's not how I roll, but okay. So my mom is like, you got to write thank yous. And so I'm sitting down, and I'm writing these thank yous. And I'm like, dear so-and-so, thank you for another money clip. Out of the 10 I received, I liked yours the best. I'm teasing. I was nice. But you got to do it. Because no matter what you get, there's reason to be thankful. There's reason to express gratitude. Let me take you to this verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. It says this. It says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This just means giving thanks, appreciating, giving praise, being grateful in all circumstances. But how is that? Like, how can we accomplish that? Because, as I just said, things aren't always rosy. Sometimes things are difficult. How do we accomplish being grateful in all circumstances? Now, let me show you that I want you, and I always point this out. We can be thankful in all circumstances. It doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances. We're not thankful for those times in life that are just terrible right, that are evil. We're not thankful for those evil moments. God doesn't cause the evil that happens in this world or to us. But we can be thankful in all circumstances. Because you know why? Because I have a God that loves me. I have a God that has saved me. And I can find great joy in strength, no matter what's going on in life. And you know what? It changes your day. It changes your attitude. It changes your life when you learn to give thanks in all circumstances. When we realize we have a lot to be grateful for. So let me give you a few reasons why it's important to grow in gratitude. So if you got your message notes, if you want to pull these out, we're going to fill in some blanks. If you're online, you can join us with the message notes that are on the app, okay? Having, why should we grow deeper in gratitude? Number one, it's because gratitude honors God. Gratitude honors God. The psalmist says this. It says, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. I love this verse. Giving thanks is an offer. It's a sacrifice that brings honor to God. Now, when the psalmist wrote this verse, he's writing it in a time of the sacrificial system. So he was very aware of what it meant to bring a sacrifice to God. So think about what this means. It's easy sometimes to thank God when things are going well in life, but it is a sacrifice on our part to give thanks even when things aren't going well. Can I give thanks to God every day? Even when I don't feel it. Even when it's a Monday and man, this week is starting off terrible and I don't know how I'm going to make it through this week. Can I give thanks in that moment? Even when I'm in school and I bomb an exam and I don't know what's next, can I still give thanks? Or how about this one? This is a great example. Can I still give thanks even when I'm not getting what I want and I need to hit God up for something else? Like I need him to do something in my life and I need to pray. Can I give him thanks even when I don't need something? Because here's the deal. 
a lot of times we're only grateful or we're only thankful when we need something from God. It's almost like God is this spiritual Santa Claus and we get all dressed up and we look real nice and we say the right things and we sit in his lap and we do all the right things and we say all the right words just so we can hit him up for what we need. So many times we approach God like that. I'm doing fine. I'm okay. I don't need you. But when I do... God, I expect you to be there. What would it be? Do you, think that it's, do you think it's different for God when we are reminded every day to go to him and every day to be thankful? Parents, how much of a different does, difference does it make when your children say thank you when they're not prompted, when they don't need something, right? You know, I, I kind of think of that as it relates to God. We don't fool them by only coming to them when we need something, right? It's so much better when we are reminded to give that praise and to be grateful, even in, those, even in those moments in life when it is really a sacrifice, when things aren't going well, when I can't see up from down and I don't know what's left or right, I, I don't know where I'm going to go or what's going to happen or how this is going to work out, but God, I'm coming to you and I'm thanking you. In advance. What do you think that does to his heart? To really give a sacrifice of praise. I think it honors him. The second reason we need to develop this root of gratitude is because gratitude develops my faith. It honors him, but it also develops our faith when we show gratitude towards God. Let let me give you a great example of this. Most of us know the story of Jonah. Jonah was told by God... I need you to go preach to the Ninevites. He didn't like, nobody liked the Ninevites. Nobody wanted to be around those people. So he jumped in a ship and he sailed in the opposite direction. And you know what happens next. They throw him overboard. He gets eaten by a whale. He's in the belly of a whale and he has no idea what's in store for him next. He doesn't know. Imagine being in that moment in the belly of a whale. What is he thinking in that moment? But but we know what he was thinking, and we know what he was saying. Look what it says in Jonah 2. This is what he says in the belly of the well. He says this. But I'm worshiping you, God, and I'm calling out in thanksgiving. How crazy... How crazy is that? In this moment, he has no idea what's next. He doesn't know that that fish is actually swimming towards shore to spew him out so that he could... He didn't know what was... All he knows is that he is in the middle of this well, and this is how it's going to end. Like, this is what a way to go, right? And he's in the middle of this belly, and he says, I'm worshiping you, and I'm giving you thanksgiving. What does it do for his faith then? To be able in that moment to still lift his eyes towards God and to give him thanks. If we have gratitude, even in those tough times, what it's going to do is it's going to grow us and it's going to mature us in our faith. And it prepares us for whatever God has in store for us next. The third reason we need to be rooted in gratitude is because it strengthens other people. It strengthens other people people. All of us know what it's like to have someone approach us with thankfulness and say, I'm thankful. I'm grateful to you because, and they give a reason why they appreciate us. Y'all, this is so good. Let me give you a tip, okay? I read a book a little while back, and this author, he was talking about how to make a difference in your home, and he said, always use the word because. Because. 
and then try not to repeat anything else. Imagine what it would be like if you made it a point every day at some point to say, I love you because, or, or I'm grateful because, and then you filled in the blank. I'm grateful because. Think about that. What, what would it mean to your spouse if you just looked at them and said, I'm grateful, and I just want to say thank you because you're so great with the kids. You know, or at work, you look at your coworker and you're like, I just want to say thank you because you really nailed that presentation. I just want to say thank you because you went the extra mile with that customer, right? Or, or our children, I, I'm grateful. If we just looked at our kids and we're like, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so grateful that God gave me such smart kids. You know, or our kids, maybe they could look at their parents and say, I'm grateful that you helped me with my homework every night. <laughs> Because you're so involved, you know, what, what would that be like just to say and utilize the word because? I'm grateful because. You know what it does? Every time. It hits this verse in Ephesians. Say words that help others become stronger. That's what it does. I'm grateful because you can strengthen the life of someone around you if you root yourself a little bit more with an attitude of gratitude. And then the last thing, one more, one more point. Gratitude is a witness to other people. If you want to be a strong witness for Christ, grads, if you want to be a strong witness on the campus, wherever you are, be grateful. And here's why. It's because it's so different than how the world operates around us. Last week, I was in this establishment and I saw a sign on the counter that reminded customers to be kind to their employees, that reminded the customer to be kind to the employee. And I thought, where are we as a society when we got to put out signs just to remind people to be grateful, to be thankful, to, to be nice? And I thought, how much of an impact can I have on that employee that's serving a, to me or, or to the people around me if I was just grateful, grateful for what they're doing in this moment? It would be a huge witness because that's not what we're accustomed to, are we? It's not really shown around us. You know, you know, another way that we're a good witness is when we're grateful even when things are difficult. Because we've seen people who struggle. We've seen people who have been through something awful, something terrible in their life, and yet they still have reason to give gratitude and they are thankful in the middle of it. And when we see that, we take notice. And you know what happens is that other people notice it too. And when they see that happen in somebody's life, they're like, how are you doing that? I want some of that. Like, I want that for my life. How are you? Even though your world is just falling apart, you're still thankful. You're still, you're still joyful and you have this attitude of gratitude towards God. I'm mad at God and you're thanking God for this moment. You know, how is that possible? It's a huge witness to other people. So you see, I, I think that this church is po poised to do great things for the city of Columbus and in the world around us. I want this church to be a huge witness. I want our graduates to be a huge witness wherever they go next. And sometimes the best way to share our faith in Jesus is when we don't say anything at all. Because our actions speak so much. And one of the greatest actions we can have, one of the greatest ways to be a witness, just to be grateful, just to be thankful to God, to other people, no matter what we're going through, because at the end of the day, no matter what's happening in our life, we have a God that loves us. We have a God 
that saved us. We have a God that has a plan and a purpose for us. And for those reasons, and if for Jesus dying on the cross, as if that weren't enough, I can praise him for eternity just for that. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for so many reasons. God, for the love of a father, for the sacrifice of a son, for the power of the Holy Spirit. God, please help us understand what it means to give thanks in all circumstances. Realizing even when things don't go our way, God, even when things aren't rosy, we still have so many reasons to praise you. And God, we know that if we root ourselves in gratitude, what's going to happen is that our faith is going to grow. And that's what we're after. What we're after in this church, in our individuals, God, we're after a stronger faith. So God, please continue to bless this church as we look for ways to be an amazing witness of your grace. And God, again, we thank you for our graduates and we pray your blessing upon them and their next steps and their families as they help prepare them for their next steps. God, we are so grateful for their lives, for what they mean to us, for what they mean to your kingdom. God, use them for your glory. We give them to you. We pray all these things in your son's holy name. Amen. Amen.